basketball coaches. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of the Minnesota Basketball Coaching Podcast. We are lucky to have uh, an esteemed guest here in Minnesota State High School League's own John Malay. John, thanks for joining today. Hey, Brett. Glad to be on here with you. You know, you're, uh, you're a treasure in our state with how much, uh, you're, how much you cover all sports, basketball obviously included, and what you do for um, all athletics. So I just want to thank you first off for everything that you've done and also the amazing transparency through these, uh, putting it lightly, some hotly um, uh, watched and followed on social media meetings over the last few months. I just can't even imagine what it must be like on your Twitter feed. You know, I've been doing this a long time. I'm an old grizzled newspaper guy. But, you know, when I, when I talk to high school and college classes, I always talk about I'm so old. When I started in journalism, I was rolling a piece of paper into an electric typewriter. I'm not old enough to have a manual typewriter, but an electric. And now, you know, it's just amazing how these board meetings or whatever's going on, you hit a few buttons on your phone and I'm, you know, I'm informing, I don't know, 30 some thousand Twitter followers of what's going on. And, and I, I know that, I know the responsibility of that, but it's important to get these words out. Like in, in this board meeting uh, where we, the board basically decided on the winter sports calendar, how this would work. There was a, there was a motion for fall sports to have one step beyond section championships. And, and the vote was 10 to eight and they don't come much closer than that. And I felt like I got, I've got a tweet. I know what the vote count was. I could have said the board voted this down. It was, it was motioned, it was seconded, but the vote was 10 to 8, and that's public knowledge. So, and there are some people pretty riled up. Who are, the, who are the 10 who voted no? Let us know who they are. Well, I'm not doing that, but I'll tell you the vote, the vote was 10 to 8. But I think that transparency is really important. Because if I were, were watching, you know, just wanting to know what's going on, I want to know what's going on. And to me, that's a big part of my job, what's going on at the high school league. And most of our audience here today is going to be either boys or girls, basketball coaches, or people that are involved in the game. Uh, so I want to jump in there, as I know your time is valuable, and you're a, a lot of people. A lot of people you want you on, and you have your own podcast. I know you've been doing some radio spots all over the state here, so I, I, I want to maximize our time with you. So going into the meeting on Thursday, how confident were you that winter sports would be good to go? Oh, I, I didn't have a doubt about that because fall sports have been going football. Volleyball, they're cranking up now later than expected, but they're having their fall season shorter than we'd like. But, uh, you know, what isn't different in the age of COVID? Everything's different. I don't know why, why high school sports wouldn't be. Um, I, knew, I knew we'd have – I'd have been shocked if they'd have said sports because I just didn't see reasoning for that, and there is none. Um, you know, I didn't know the specifics of what they would come up with. Uh, they had a workshop the day before, and – and they'd kind of seen a couple of proposed calendars, and they they decided on one of those with some adjustments on some dates and things. But no, I, I was really glad. I was, you know, the most retweeted, liked thing I tweeted during this meeting was, you know, breaking news from Minnesota: winter sports are a go. Thousands and thousands of likes, because that's the bottom line. That's the headline from that meeting. We're going to have all our winter sports. Let's go into the different proposals that were talked about, just a little history kind of leading up to the meeting. Obviously, we settled on the November 23rd for boys, December 7th for girls. But what were some of the other proposals that were talked about and, uh, and some of the, uh, you know, what different stakeholders were advocating for versus people that maybe were a little more hesitant? So just kind of before the final uh, decision was made, what was some of the 
um, the, the lead up, the different options, and then the different perspectives across the board. Sure, you know, and, and I don't communicate with board members before these meetings. If they have a workshop, I listen in. Um, so I don't know, you know, if individual board members had different thoughts to me, just from what I'd seen, I, I thought there was a chance they may hold off on winter sports till after the first of the year. You know, some states are doing that. You know, that's been done. I, you know, I was happy that that didn't happen because that would have been, you know, a much shorter winter season. It probably would have gone longer into the spring than you're impacting spring sports, which lost their spring last year. So nobody wants, I, I think if we had a perfectly usual spring season that'd be optimal for all those spring teams and kids so i was i was pretty pretty happy that uh you know everybody's going to have less games this winter i expected that i'm not surprised at all um you know and nobody's supposed to be traveling too far in local conference section i i think everybody will abide by that other than you know if you're in moorhead you've got to travel to play, play schools your size there nobody's going to dispute that um you know, I, it's it's workable. To me, it's workable. And the thing, the high school league board has such challenging issues here. They got to be equitable to all sports, all activities. You can't say, uh, you know, boys hockey, you play 26 games, girls hockey, you play 12, or basketball, you play 18. You can't do that. Um, it, the, basically, the ground floor has to be the same for every sport. And every sport's drastically different. Boys basketball. They're different. Boys and girls hockey, they're different. Wrestling and dance, you know, a lot of these just have nothing in common, but you got to have kind of that ground floor where they all start. And I thought the board has done a good job there with everybody's going to get a season. You know, there's going to be safety things implemented. You know, at this point, we won't have spectators at indoor events. I hope that changes. I hope we get our arms around this virus to the point where the Department of Health and Education can say, you know, X number of spectators at indoor events or anybody who you can fit in the gym. I, I don't know how quickly we're going to get to that point. I'd like to see that, but that's a big thing right now is, is the limits on spectators. You know, no, nobody indoors for volleyball or winter sports, outdoor sports, 250 total. Um, and there's some griping on Twitter about that. And that's okay. I, I'll, we'll listen. Well, you know, we're, nobody's happy about that, but, uh, like I said, in the age of COVID, you got to do the best you can do. Was there a concern? Obviously, football section with a boys basketball start date November twenty third, and football section finals uh, wrapping up. Which would, what would be that first week of the basketball season? Was there a concern with that? And obviously, it it didn't affect things. They end up with the November twenty third date. But how much of the discussion was based around that football uh, section final date? Yeah, I, I think this year board wanted to try to have as little overlap between you know boys sports and other boys sports and the same with girls like the volleyball season starting way late and it's going to end about a month later than normal and, and girls basketball was pushed back girls hockey was pushed back because they just don't want to have that overlap and, and a lot of the girls basketball reasoning was a lot of small schools kids are playing volleyball and then they play basketball so normally the volleyball state tournament is the first week in November. Well, that's, that season now is going to go into December. So that had to be blown up. And it just, you know, I, I'm really impressed by how much thought there was. There's a return to participation. Let me spit that out again. Participation <laughs> task force. And I was in on some of those meetings. I, I, I know they've lost count of how many hours. They've just looked at calendars and schedules. 
and 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 what can we do? What's the what's the optimal decisions here for health and safety of kids, especially, but coaches and officials and everybody else? You know, this is an, it's an impossible job, and you know, and what the board decides this is perfect, and everybody knows that. But just to, just to get their arms around this and to come up with these possibilities to look at and then settle on it and drill down a little bit and, and fine tune and adjust. It's, 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 it's like putting a man on the moon, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's not the easiest thing in the world. I, you know, I'm, I'm really glad I've never been a board member. I don't ever want to be a board member. This is huge responsibility. It's 20 seats on that board and they're making all these decisions and every word they say at these meetings is being listened to by the media and the public, especially with Zoom meetings. And it's a huge responsibility. And I'll tell you, I know all these board members and I've known them all for 15 years. You know, I covered this board and the league at the Star Tribune for a long time. Now I'm in my 11th year with the league. I have just so much respect for all these people who take on this responsibility and make these tough calls. So for someone who maybe only saw that your tweet that got liked or retweeted a thousand or 15, however many times it ended up getting, I, I, I lost track. Uh, way more than anything I've ever put out on social media, but uh, going to, you know, maybe all they know is 18 games, right? They know a start date. Oh, my son plays November 23rd. My daughter starts December 7th. Go into some of the details uh, around the basketball season. Yeah. I, you know, I don't have the, I wish I had the calendar in front of me and some of the, some of the documents the board looked at, um, you know, to be honest, there are people on this board who probably don't know a lot about some of these sports. I think everybody knows about basketball. Uh, a wrestling coach talked to the board, you know, during the public input portion of the meeting. I think the wrestling people were, were fair, would say no wrestling. And they didn't even talk about that. I don't even know if that was on anybody's minds. I don't, I don't know that, that they don't, they, they drill down into each individual sport too much because we have people on our staff at the high school league who basically are the directors for each sport. And a lot of that responsibility goes to them. You know, Bob Madison, for boys basketball, Lisa Lissamore for girls basketball. They work with the advisory committees from those sports. And they both did, did speak about those sports along with, you know, people in charge of the other winter sports. And I think those meetings between the, the directors at the league and the advisory committees for each sport, which are mostly, if not all coaches, um, that's, that's where the whole thing goes. That's where it starts. That's where all that information comes from. That's, and that's what the board hears. So, um, yeah, I, I don't. I, I just don't. From looking at these board meetings all these years, I don't know that they specifically. It's not like their minds are forty percent on basketball and twenty percent on wrestling. I, I think they, they look at the whole picture, and you know, there's going to be some swings and misses. You know, clearly when they decided to move football and volleyball to to next after next winter sports, when they decided that in August, I had my reservations whether that was the right thing to do. Mostly because my thought was, what if this fall doesn't turn out too bad COVID-wise, but then next March, April, May, when you want to play football and volleyball, they can't have a season at all. My thinking was, you got to go with it now when you can, when you can at least try. You can always adjust. And, and, I, and the board, I think, realized, uh, you know, that probably wasn't the best decision. So they came back and changed it, which is great. And I think it's just, it's, they're, they're looking at the whole world. They're not looking, I don't think any individual board members are too focused on any sport. You know, certainly they had their sports they played in high school and college and sports they coached. But I think it's amazing to me, even seeing people who I know are big 
you know, name the sport. This is my sport. I'm a coach or I'm an official. I played it in high school. They, that kind of, they kind of shed that skin in the, on the board role. They're, they got to look at everything. I just, I just don't know that you talk about basketball. I don't know that they focused on any single sport here. It's just not how they operate. But, the, but clearly they want to make the best decisions for everyone. And sometimes they'll make the best the decision that's the best on the grand scale. But in this little slot right here, people might not be happy. And that's, that's kind of part of, the, part of the groundwork here. That's just built into the process. Does the board and or the return to play task force, uh, do they have uh, something set in case there's outbreaks or is that going to be kind of a case by case basis that it's on the, you know, on the program or the school to kind of make some, make some of those determinations? Yeah, I think it's, I think everybody realizes there's going to be situations. We've already had them this fall with districts being forced into distance learning because their COVID numbers are too high, which means you're forced into distance learning. You have no activities, no game, no games, no practices. That's already happened at a few schools. We've had specific teams shut down the Egan girls soccer program from ninth grade up through the varsity. They had a 14 day quarantine before they played a game. That's going to happen this fall. It just is. I just saw today a football game scheduled for a week from today has been taken off because one of the schools, I don't know if it's the entire school, or the football program, you know, basically is, is under a 14-day quarantine. And that's going to happen. We're going to see that every week, I think, throughout the winter. As we've learned in the last day, you know, the most powerful people in the country can get this disease. Nobody's safe. And I, I know the board. They, they realize this is, it's not going to be perfect. We're, there's going to be adjustments on the fly. And I think for most of these winter sports, you know, the limit is two games a week. But for the last two weeks of the regular season, schools would be allowed to play three if they're rescheduling games that were postponed because of COVID. So everybody realizes there are going to be adjustments. It's going to be, it's going to be an interesting winter. That's for sure. Just like, just like the fall. So you mentioned obviously that there won't be any fans at this time uh, when volleyball starts having competitions here in the next week or two, it's going to be the same thing. Swimming and dive girls, swimming and diving has been in the same boat all fall without having um, fans at competitions. Do you see this changing or is it just way too early to tell for at some point during the winter season? Yeah, I know that Eric Martin's the executive director of the high school league. He basically has phone calls with the department of health and department of education every day. I mean, he's told me about this, how some days he has three or four and he, that's, that's his main question. You know, how, how close do you think we are? to being able to allow fans at indoor events and more fans at outdoor. And at this point, there's no answer because our numbers are good in Minnesota. Compare us to the surrounding states. We're doing pretty well compared to the, but our numbers certainly aren't plummeting. We're not, we don't have our uh, arms around this like we'd all hope we could. So that's why, you know, we all encourage everybody wear those masks, social distance. Don't pretend this thing is a hoax because it's clearly not. And, you know, that's the main messaging I like to put out is put your, you know, mask up Minnesota. Let's, let's beat this thing. And when that's how we, that's how we can do it. If everybody can put on a mask, do what they're told to do. And once those numbers get down to whatever level, then the, the state officials will say, yeah, let's go 50% gym capacity for spectators. Let's go, you know, 75% outdoors, whatever they might come up with. I can't wait till we get to a better place with that because you know, I can't imagine, I love going into a gym that's crowded and the band's playing and there's just that super excitement level. And when there's no fans, it's, you know, 
forget it. It's a whole, the games will go on clearly. Have we seen in the NFL and the NBA twins games with nobody in the stands, the games will go on, but it's just not the same. I was one of the coaches uh, Thursday in March, uh, winning our section final. And then the next day I was over at our activities at director's office, doing, getting some stuff ready with just being, maybe being blindly naive uh, that what was about to happen in, in the next couple hours, obviously last year's state tournament for boys and girls basketball were canceled girls uh, when the middle of the state tournament was canceled. Yeah. And so let's say everything keeps going smooth. Let's say everything, uh, you know, you know, there's cases, but it's, it's contained. There's not the gigantic community spread between teams playing and, uh, it, we get to March. What does the postseason situation look like today on October 2nd um, for the end of the year? Yeah, it's interesting. Like right now, you know, some cross-country parents and kids and coaches aren't happy. There's not going to be a state cross-country down at St. Olaf in Northfield. There's no state tournaments for fall sports. Even if we wanted to do that, we can't go to St. Olaf. You know, the Mayak schools, the University of Minnesota, they're saying no visitors right now. You know, if it's not a university-run event, you're out of luck. So if we wanted to have, you know, if the state volleyball tournament were held in Williams Arena, we would, you know, and everything else was good, the U, you know, the U doesn't let us in there, and then we got to scramble. Now, I don't know what's going to happen when we get to March with state tournaments. There's, in, in the calendars the board approved yesterday, there's a week built in for winter state tournaments, like, like any other year. We just don't know what the situation will be. You know, if uh, – if, if the situation is like it is today, I don't see it because we're not doing them for fall sports. Hopefully the situation's a lot better. If the U of M has, has opened the doors and said, yep, outside groups, come on, rent our facilities, great. Um, if they don't, then then you, I don't know what do you do. If the Mayak schools aren't allowing any outside events, um, I don't know what you do. With hockey, you, you go to the deck in Duluth or if, if, if uh, the XL Center isn't available. Or, you know, we're certainly not gonna have state tournaments in those super expensive to rent arenas without fans. That's not workable. Um, so I, yeah, Brad, it's, it's a great question. I wish I knew an answer. I think it's just like everything else. We'll, we'll know in time. And I'm an optimist. I keep thinking things are going to get better. And I still believe that. I just, we just don't know when that'll be. I'd love to see state tournaments. I'd love to see the Princeton boys basketball team playing at the pavilion in Williams arena or target center where I think it's just, it's, it's just one of the greatest times of the year for me is whatever state tournament it is. If we, if we lose more of those in the winter, that's another, that's another sad, sad thing, but I'm not ready to accept that yet. Do you feel that they're on the league side? Uh, and maybe you don't have the answer. And if you don't, that's fine. <laughs> but do you think that there is a little more urgency um, to make a boys and girls basketball state tournament work because they're, that us, we were the first ones that had the cancellation. So it almost like a calendar year of events canceled and kind of starting over fresh, or is that just, it's too hard to extrapolate that data at this time? Well, I, I can tell you, nobody doesn't want those tournaments to happen. Nobody doesn't want spring sports to happen this coming spring, because like you said, the basketball tournaments got chopped off. Spring sports never got going. We all want those things to happen. And, and hopefully, like I said, we're on a, we're on a good curve here that, that people will mask up and, and, uh, and do what they're supposed to do and, and keep all these kids safe and coaches like yourself and officials. And I, you know, like, boy, I, like I said, I, I just think walking into Target Center or Williams Arena for state basketball or XL Center for hockey is just, I, I'm going to, whenever that happens, I'm going to be the happiest guy in town because that's the highlight of my year, all those state tournaments. 
and you know, fingers crossed, and everybody's working really hard to do everything that can be done to see that, to see those things happen. Let's just hope that, that uh, we get there. What are some important dates for coaches, fans to look at? Obviously, I know October 1st was a big one for me. I kind of held off on getting practice schedules and thinking too far ahead until the October 1st meeting. You know, now with the approval of the season on November 23rd, my basketball duties have picked up here the last couple of days. What's the next big important date for, bas- for the basketball community to look towards or look for from the high school league? Yeah, I think I'm, for all winter sports, people are wanting to know about sections and state tournaments for winter sports. We've got two months now till the board meets again, December 3rd. And at that point, they're going to have to make some calls here. And, you know, they can call a, a, a special meeting where they just did that last uh, couple weeks ago to bring back football and volleyball and do some other things. So I say December 3rd, uh, it's the next board meeting. I anticipate, I mean, they don't have to do anything, but to me, if they don't decide on the postseason for winter sports, then they won't meet again till February and that's clearly not workable. So I would guess December 3rd is a date to mark on the calendar for that next board of directors meeting. And, and hopefully by then we'll know a lot more by the end of that meeting, we'll know a lot more about winter sports, especially the tournaments at the end. What advice would you have for basketball coaches with, you know, the season six weeks away or seven weeks away, whatever, whatever it is. Um, what, what just general advice would you have for basketball coaches? You know, I've seen so many positive comments on social media from coaches, and I've retweeted a lot of them. You know, like after, after the fall sports, we're told no state tournaments. We're going to go to the section championships, and, that it, and that's it. I saw cross-country coaches, volleyball coaches, football coaches, tennis, soccer, whatever, just say, okay, now we know what, what the goal is. So win our section. We're going we're gonna to do this. We're going to do it right. We're going to have fun. We're going to make great memories because nobody's ever lived through anything like this. And let's hope this doesn't happen again. But I think for basketball coaches, you know, talk to your kids, tell them, don't tell, I'm not saying we're lucky to be going through this. We're not fortunate, but nobody's ever done this. And hopefully this is never happens again, but you know, it's going to be, if we don't have spectators, not optimal, clearly everybody wants their mom and dad there and grandpa and grandma and their friends, but, you know, just kind of live it, live in the moment. I think that's in crisis. It's like, you know, live in the moment, look for the positives. Um, Cause you're going to build memories here. They're not all going to be wonderful memories, but you're going to have experiences that are going to help you the rest of your lives with, with how we all deal with this. Probably a similar answer, but what about advice to parents? Yeah. You know, hang in there with your kids, support your kids. Whether we had a pandemic or not, that's what I would always say to parents support the kids, support the coaches, support the teams in your schools. If you can't be in the gym, you know, make sure you got a live stream going. Um, it's been really neat this fall with, uh, especially swimming is the one I've really noticed. And some of these swim teams, they'll have a dual swim meet with each team in their own pool. They swim, they dive, compare the scores and the times, and we have a winner. And at some of these pools, all moms and dads, you know, are sitting out in the lawn or the parking lot with a big screen because the, the swimming is being live streamed. And it's like the drive-in movie. They're watching their kids on a big screen right outside the pool. And they've got coolers and snacks and lawn chairs and they're cheering and there's balloons. And it, it, that might be difficult to do in the winter when it's cold outside, but there's, there's still ways to support those kids. And, and you know, parents just, just do your best parenting and none of us are perfect at parenting, but you know, be supportive, be understanding, 
you know, and I, it's okay to complain that it's not fair because this isn't fair. This isn't fair to anybody, anybody on this planet. This is not fair, but we got we to gotta deal with the cards we have in our hands, like I said, and, and let's all be, be positive and supportive as much as we can. I do think there's probably some families and coaches even that go out scouting up in eight, eight single A or seven single A that have no problem sitting outside in the snow and watching the game in, in January was <laughs> scouting the conference team. <laughs> coaches will do anything. No doubt. <laughs> a, a couple of quick ones here. I know you got, you're going off and you got your own podcast and record here in a few minutes. Uh, does this impact lower levels at all? Ninth grade B squad, 10th grade JV type stuff, or are those all kind of on the discretions of the districts? As far as I know, no, we don't know, you know, basically it's the same as any other year. You know, I, I have seen some schools like this fall who aren't doing some lower level sports, um, I, you know, what, for whatever reason, I haven't seen that a lot, but uh, yeah, I mean, you know, like middle schools have been having football all fall, just like any other year because the high school league doesn't, isn't in charge of middle school sports and junior high sports. We're basically nine through 12 and, uh, so I think everybody else, yeah, it's up to each school. It's like these guidelines for spectators at outdoor events. If the limit is 250 spectators, you know, some schools and conferences are splitting it. Each school gets 125 tickets. Some are going, you know, 150 for the home team, 100 for the visitors. Whether they're going to allow media and what media inside the gym for volleyball or winter sports, we have guidelines on that. And basically – it's up to the schools. You know, we encourage live streaming and your local radio stations to let people know what's going on. But it's up to the, the ADs basically on how they want to handle those things. One of the funnier common uh, messages that you get and you reply to that always cracks me up is when you get the, uh, well, how come AAU can have fans or how come JO Volleyball can have fans? And always just, that just cracks me up. Yeah. But with, with that said, uh, obviously, you know, there was a AAU season this year where there were, you know, teams were playing and fans were in attendance. Do you think that had any, in the back of the mind, had any impact on the decision for winter sports that, it, and even maybe the volleyball move, um, moving, starting volleyball late here in the fall because it, at the, you know, the private organization level, it was able to run or is that completely separate? Yeah, I don't, I don't think the board thinks much about AAU or jail volleyball. And yeah, we hear that a lot. How come... How come I can go watch my kids play AAU basketball? Well, we're not in charge of AAU basketball. I don't know. We're following the recommendations from the Department of Health, Department of Education. Every, every public school in the state has to do that or, or they, there could be consequences from those state bodies. So, you know, we take, uh, we take our advice from those governmental experts. And I, I emailed with a couple of them today trying to get some, some uh answers to some questions I've had and I'm hopefully hear back from them and put out some information, but yeah, it's, they're the experts. And I've, I've talked to a lot of them. We've had zoom calls on, on our staff with people from those state agencies. And like I said, Eric Martin's our executive director talks with them every day and we trust them. There's no reason not, they're not, there's no politics in health guidelines. This is not, the masking isn't, isn't, isn't political. It's for safety. And a lot, a lot of people have a hard time getting past that. And I understand that. We live in a supercharged political world. That's, that's the way it is. But, you know, we're going to listen to the experts. I'm not an expert on any of this. I'm not an expert on anything, really. I don't, I don't send button on Twitter. That's about it. But, you know, that's why, you know, our state taxpayer money pays people to be experts in these things. And we're, by God, going to listen to them. 
last group of people I want to address, uh, people that I have, uh, when I was a younger coach, maybe I was a little harder on than I should be. Uh, now going into my finishing seven years, going to my eighth year as head coach, I've started to have much more respect and appreciation and really de- left, uh, moved my attention away from them. And that's our officials. Obviously yeah. with the think a ref and all those sorts of positivities that are showing the importance of officials in our state. What is the, what's going on with the officials and as in regards to basketball now with the season here starting up, what sorts of things are be different for them and what's just kind of the outlook uh, for officials? Yeah, I've got concerns about officials in the age of COVID for the fall here. We, I don't know the numbers, but we had older officials who decided they're not working football or volleyball or soccer just because they don't feel comfortable. They don't feel completely safe. It's going to be the same for winter sports. There's going to be basketball officials who maybe have been thinking of retiring, decide now is a good time, or been thinking of taking a year off. Whether you know, and I don't, I don't know that we have as I don't think basketball officials are in general old, as old as some of the officials. You go to a track and field meet, we got 80-year-olds running, running field events, which is great. They love it. They're committed. They do a great job. Basketball is a little, a little different, but we've got some older officials. So I do worry about numbers. I, 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 don't, I think having the two-game-a-week limit is probably helpful in finding officials because, you know, we already have, have issues with officials, basically in most sports, with having enough. And I put out a tweet during this uh, board meeting and half jokingly, but half serious. If anybody's ever thought about becoming an official for the first time, do it now. There's going to be no spectators. If you want to work basketball and not get your butt chewed by people in the stands, do it now. You know, you might you'll be working a lower level game, certainly to get started, but it's a great learning environment for officials, I would think. And, and uh, I, I'm curious to see how coaches react you know, when, when it's an empty gym and are you, are you going to bark, are coaches going to bark at officials the same when there's really, <laughs> there isn't noise to conceal what, you know, everybody's going to hear what everybody says. These NFL games where, you know, you, you know, you can hear everything when they got their microphones down there. Um, so I'm curious, but I, I am concerned about officials. And, and I know by and large, almost all of our coaches in every sport treat officials great. There's that it's like any other thing. You're talking about humans. There's that tiny sliver of people who aren't act, aren't handling it quite as well as they should. That's that's never going to change COVID or no COVID. But I, I am worried about just the officials, the numbers. Hopefully, like I said, the two game a week limit is going to help. Um, the no jamborees and all day things. Well, I'm really going to miss those. I go to those breakdown events at Hopkins every year, and I I've been going since the first year they started when they had like three games at Becker High School like in the late 90s. That's one of my favorite things. Just because I can, I can stay there all day and just talk to coaches I know, meet coaches I don't know, hang out with officials. It's just it's one of the greatest greatest days of my life are those, are those breakdown events at the beginning of the basketball season. And, you know, they're not going to happen this year. But, you know, like I said, we're going we're gonna to do the best we can with what we have. John, I appreciate you taking the time out of your Friday here to, to join us and give us some insight on the basketball side. Again, thanks for everything that you do. Uh, you, make the, you help uh, advocate for the sport and make the sports uh, better with your coverage. So we, we appreciate what you're doing. You bet, Brian. Glad, glad to join you. You do a great job on a podcast. Anybody from Princeton is okay with me. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll, make, I'll make sure to tell Jody that. You do that. <laughs> Bye.